2: following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
5: Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some
6: fun. 400 vibes. got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. We'll make it happen.
2: We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: I squeezed someone in the fence off the floor and uh, thought I might have got a flat tire, so that was pretty scary for a minute.
7: And
2: when fans see me run by, they often say, run for us, run. So that does come to mind for everybody. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our string From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you on a jam-packed NASCAR Live. In this show, we're going to visit with Daryl Waltrip. He announced over the weekend that he's going to end a 19-year broadcasting career with NASCAR on Fox. After the Sonoma race this summer, we're going to talk to DW about his retirement. we going to talk a little Kyle Busch as well. Jimmy Johnson is preparing for the Boston Marathon next week. Woody Kane caught up with Jimmy about his training. Elliot Sadler will be back on track this weekend at Richmond in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Steve Post catches up with him, and we've got a whole lot more. But first, Kim Kuhn is here to talk about the hot topics in NASCAR Nation. Kim, what's everyone talking about?
8: Well, topping the headlines, Darrell Wallace Jr. opened up about the struggles at Richard Petty Motorsports over the weekend. Bubba explained the team is not where they want to be due in part largely to their struggles financially.
9: And over the years, we've kind of tiptoed around it, but it's enough of that. You know, we're, we're behind on money and then, you know, it's uh, it's all about being up front and being blunt. So it's, uh, it's coming down to a crucial time. I mean, we, uh, we just got to start running better. You know, I, I always sit there and, and talk to other people and, and I'm like, why would new companies want to come in and sponsor 43? You can play the race card all you want and get a lot of attention, sure. But uh, for me, I'm competitive and look at results. And you know, new companies don't understand that the more money you spend, the better you do. So it's it's hard to get their heads wrapped around that.
8: Bubba and the 43 team at RPM have no top tens this season and only two finishes in the top 20. One of those, though, came this past weekend at Bristol. On a lighter note, April 14th, the popular HBO series Game of Thrones returns for its final season. And as you can imagine, there are some fans in the Cup Series garage, including none other than Alex Bowman, who says he's ready for the Season 8 premiere.
3: I am. It's been so long since I've watched the the last episode that came out. It's like I don't even remember what happened, and I really need to like go back and, and binge watch the last season and like refresh myself. But uh, I'm pretty excited about that, yeah, for sure.
8: Again, Game of Thrones premieres April 14th. Next week on NASCAR Live, we'll have more from NASCAR stars on their passion for the popular medieval fantasy epic. And finally, Kyle Bush won again over the weekend. It was his third one of the year and eighth at Bristol. But it was a comment from his brother Kurt post race that stole the social media headlines. Kurt was chasing down brother Kyle in the closing laps for the win Sunday. And after the race, he approached Kyle telling him he would have wrecked him if he had the chance. Here was Kyle's reaction to that.
9: He told me in victory lane and I told
3: him, I was like, you can't tell people that you're going to wreck them before you do it. Because when roles are reversed, that person's going to wreck you because you've already told them that you were going to wreck them. <laughs> so
0: um, so I guess if I'm ever running second to Kurt, I'm going to wreck him.
8: <laughs> Wins are important, obviously, and Kyle now has 3 this season. Kurt is still looking for his first win, which probably played a factor. And if you go to Kurt's Twitter feed, you can see where he tweeted, congrats, little bro. Thanks to Team Chevy and Monster we will keep building towards a win. Retweet if you think I should have Wrecked him. So you can chime in, let Kurt know your thoughts by retweeting that tweet if you think he should have wrecked brother Kyle. I'm Kim Kuhn. You can follow us on social media at MRN Radio. And for more on the latest news in NASCAR, you can visit MRN.com.
0: Thank you, Kim. Kyle Bush pulled off his third victory of the season Sunday with the help of his pit crew, making them the Wheeland trusted to perform pit crew of the week. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheeland is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard and
10: trusted to perform.
0: Coming up, Daryl Waltrip joins us, and later, Jimmy Johnson.
10: At AutoZone, we're all about giving you more ways to get more done. Like the AutoZone Rewards Program. Members get more, like a $20 reward every time they spend $20 or more five times. Got more to do? We've got more for you to do it. Looking to protect your engine? Regular oil and oil filter changes are the best way to keep your engine running strong and running long. And if you're looking to do the job yourself, AutoZone can help. Let us help you at more than 5,600 locations nationwide. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store.
11: Get in the zone. AutoZone. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing metaphors.
2: Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't going to light the candle.
11: Thanks for clarifying, Rick.
12: If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
0: Daryl Waltrip joins us after his big retirement announcement at Bristol next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: Check out MRN.com for a new podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races.
0: Benson to the bottom of the racetrack. This is the race for the lead and the win at Michigan.
2: And some wild moments.
0: One
3: truck is in the air. Matt Crafton upside down.
2: And we'll let you hear the stories behind them. He was too bullheaded to let me pass him and I was too bullheaded to let him have it. Download the show for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. 2019 is the Motor Racing Network's 50th year,
1: and things are about to get a lot louder. I'm Woody Kane. The NASCAR season is revving its engine, and MRN's two biggest loudspeakers are back when race spotter Joey Meyer and I bring you the latest news, results, and headlines every Monday on MRN Out Loud. Crank it up, Mondays on MRN.com, iTunes,
5: or wherever podcasts are heard.
2: is nascar live now back to mike bagley we welcome you back to nascar live as we go to the
0: hotline and we bring in 12-time bristol winner three-time cup series champion and nascar hall of famer one daryl Waltrip is back on nascar live daryl how are you welcome back to the show
13: Woo! thank you very much yeah after uh you know a hectic weekend in thunder valley uh bristol baby and kind of glad it's behind me i love the race the race was fun yesterday but uh time to look forward to richmond so uh thinking about that now
0: well for those that missed it uh daryl made an announcement on friday that after 19 years of being in the nascar on fox booth he'll be stepping away and retiring from his broadcasting career a lot of questions i have about that Daryl. i want to talk with you about your broadcasting career but to start when did you when did you start contemplating retirement, and then when did you decide to drop the hammer on it? Well,
13: I really, started thinking about two years ago. I thought I I, I would retire in two thousand and seventeen. You know, that's my favorite number, and I said, hey, it makes a lot of sense. And so, when two thousand and seventeen gets here, uh, then I'll, re- I'll announce my retirement. When two thousand and seventeen came along, and Jeff Gordon had just joined the group, and uh, I was having a lot of fun, and he and I were getting to know each other, and I thought. Bad mistake, D.W., that was a bad call on your part. And so I talked to Shanks, Eric Shanks, our boss. I said, uh, how about if I hang around another year or two? And he said, D.W., it's your call. You can stay two years or ten years. We don't care. I'd like to work another two years anyway, 18 and 19. And we'll see how things go and how things look at the end of that time. And last year after Sonoma, uh, in in the fall sometime, I don't remember when it was, but Shanks and I got on the phone and we were talking. People hear you say things or you do things and people say, oh yeah, that's a bad, that's, that's a bunch of BS, but I'm 72 years old. I've been racing for 60 years and our daughter, uh, Jessica had our first granddaughter, Louisa, uh, she's 14 months old and last year when she came along and I looked at my girls and they're both married and they, uh, they both have great husbands and, and I cannot spend enough time with them. And I just i I felt like with Luisa, you know everybody says what it's how great it is to be a grandparent. well, they're not lying, I love that little girl to death, and I don't want to be gone all the time and and her grow up right under my right under my nose, and I don't even realize it, so I felt like that uh, last fall, Shanks and I talked it over, and Jeff and Jeff Gordon is now pretty comfortable doing what he does. I didn't feel good about stepping aside with, and leaving Mike with Jeff Gordon, who had very little TV experience, and maybe someone else had come along with very little TV experience. And here I am. I'm gone and not there to help. So uh looked at the big picture, and I said, sometime in 19. And, uh, and I left that kind of open. But uh, as we got into this year and uh, things have evolved the way they have, uh, we talked about a month ago, and Jeff Gordon actually was the one that convinced me to announce it at Bristol, not not that he was twisting my arm, but he thought Bristol was a great place for me to announce my retirement, and by the way, we finish out the year. We go all the way to Sonoma at the end of June, and so I'm working, you know, the rest of this year, and then I'll be retired for 2020, I guess would be a, probably a better way to put it, but anyway, thought Bristol was an ideal place to make the announcement, and I was a little hesitant. Uh, I, I I wanted to just... Uh, right after the race was over with, hey, folks, I won't be back next year. Drop the mic and leave. Uh, that was kind of, that was my vision of a retirement announcement. But uh, everybody around me, Megan, it, it uh, works for Fox and Shanks and Jeff and Mike, yeah, all my friends, Larry McRinnell, all of them, they said, no, you got to, you know, you got to give a, you got to make the announcement at Bristol, let people know what your plans are and uh, and get, you know, kind of get that behind you and and then we can move on. So, that's what I did, and they were right. It was a beautiful weekend for me. I I, I don't think I've experienced uh, a weekend quite like that at Bristol ever, even when I was winning there. Nothing can compare to to the way this past weekend went down.
0: What does Stevie have to say about all this? What kind of counsel did she give you? <laughs> she said for about five years, now you're going to work another
13: year. <laughs> <So> it, <laughs> she, she, like, she reminds me a lot. She said on a push. She, she didn't. Listen, you know what racing was like 20 years ago. Uh, you know they didn't even allow umbrellas in the pits because it would obstruct your view, uh, the officials' view. Uh, so she sat on a toolbox mainly for most of her NASCAR career. And so uh, uh, she was she would be uh, readily tell you that she she retired in 2000 and was glad of it. And uh, and she's been kind of pressuring me, not insisting or anything, but just. Every year, wanting to know, you're going to do this another year. You're going to do this another year. Your kids are getting older. You're getting older. Your grandchild's come along. Uh, you know, how much longer can you keep this up? So uh, that, that, had a lo- that had a whole lot to do with it. Uh, the family had everything to do with it, um, wanting to be home more. Uh, and, and, my, you know, I have the perfect job if you have to have a job. We work from February to June, and we're done. And so it's like, Kind of a great job to have for a half a year, and the next second half year, you can kind of do what you want to do, although you're on call. But uh, I just, I just wanted to get that having to be on conference calls and sp- studying for a race, and keeping in touch with everybody, and trying to stay up on what was going on, and all the things that go into to us getting in the booth on Sunday and doing a race. I just kind of was wanting to get all that behind me and not have to worry about that anymore. So um, that that's really the was the uh, motive behind Bristol and doing it now. And uh, that way other people, someone's probably going to take my place. I don't know who that'll be. Uh, and so Fox has to get, you know, they got to figure out who they're going to put in there with Jeff and Mike. And uh, the sooner I announce officially that I'm retiring, then that's kind of frees them up to go, uh, you know, look at other people decide what they want to do as well. So I was kind of holding everybody hostage a little bit. And I don't like that because I've been there before myself in other situations. And uh, so I wanted to get, just wanted to clear the air. And here's what I'm going to do. And then everybody can go make decisions based on that.
0: The unique thing about this sport, Darryl, is that it always comes calling. It always tugs at you, it always gnaws at you. It seems like that when you step away, the sport always comes calling in one form or fashion. What is next? You're, you've already hung up your driver's helmet, you're getting ready to hang up your microphone. What's next for you? Because I can't see you as just one that's just going to, you know, sit on the porch and drink coffee all day. you got to be active, and you love this sport, and you love everything in it. What's next yeah,
13: for you? Yeah, I, I, well, I think that's the other part, too. I don't know. Uh, you know, I've never, had a, I've never had a long-term plan. I'm not a real visionary. I'm a day-to-day guy. And, uh, you know, we did the race yesterday, and uh, and it kind of, this is funny. Steven, we kind of did old school. Uh, we left Franklin on Thursday, and we drove to Bristol and took our little dog Rosie with us, so that we just went up the road like we did 50 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, up to Knoxville and Maryville, places we had been before and raised blackberry farm, and on up the way to to Bristol, and and uh, we just got back home uh, this today. Kind of road trip for us, and uh, we enjoyed the heck out of it. So I don't know what's next. Um, I I I I'm, I'm, I feel like. Uh, I have an, incre- I have an incredible amount of knowledge and, 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 and listen, you don't get, I think people, they, they don't realize how complicated doing TV is. And it's just like when you do radio, uh, and you're a part of the team on Sunday and you're calling the race, you call your turn.
0: Mm-hmm.
13: You don't call the whole track, you call your turn. And that's really the way TV is. So we're, what is my area of expertise? And I think I'm, I have a broad, I have a vast knowledge of the sport. But I I kind of have to stick to what, I, what I'm what i supposed to stick to. Mike Joy, he, he does his job, and he's our he's the lead announcer. He relies on me to be the expert on certain things. We lie, rely on Jeff to be expert on certain things. Could I do it all? Heck, yeah. Uh, I could walk in there and, you know, pick up the mic and, hey, welcome to Bristol, and we're going to run 500 laps today, and it's going to be exciting, and let's go to break. Uh, you know, but that's not my job. And so – People always, it's like boogity, boogity, boogity. I, listen, every year, for the last five or six years, I ask my boss every year before the season starts, do you want me to continue to do that? Oh, by all means, you have to do that. That's the way we come on the air. I can't imagine not doing that. So it's not like I'm out there, you know, like I make decisions by for, for um, the entire group. I'm a part of a group. And so when they ask me to do something, I do it. And when they tell me to do something, I do it. And if they say that's what they want me to do, I do it. And so you can't, you can't be up there. And even when you know something's not right, or even when you feel like you could add, uh, sometimes you have to keep your mouth shut and let the pit reporters pit report, let us analyze and call the race, and uh, let NASCAR run the show. So it's hard to do all those things when you feel like you might add, you could add something to it. But that's that's what I think people fail to realize. Uh, you're, it's, it's not a one-man band, and uh, you know you're a member of a team, and that's one thing I love. That I'm a, I'm ex- I love my team. It's the best team I've ever been on. But we all have our area of expertise. We all have things that people in our group expect us to do, and you don't, you just can't wander too far outside of that, uh, or you're stepping on somebody's toes.
0: More coming up with NASCAR Hall of Famer Daryl
12: Waltrip. G'day, America. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. That's right. Outback Delivery is here. Now you can enjoy all your Outback favourites anywhere. Our signature center-cut sirloin at home. It's here. Or game-day party platters with Cookaburra wings that'll have both teams cheering. It's here. Or steak and lobster for a date night at home. It's here. Head over to Outback.com and place your orders because Outback Delivery is here. Outback Steakhouse. Aussie rules. Delivery availability varies.
2: Delivery charge may apply.
0: We've got more with Daryl Waltrip coming up. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
5: MRN's Classic Races.
15: Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte spun across the line and got the win.
5: Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Army
2: Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach, and the action will be fast and furious.
5: Legendary voices. Legendary races.
2: Daryl Simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that
13: 200,000. That's all I can tell you.
5: MRN's him. Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast providers. He
6: did, he did touch No, he knocked the hell out of me.
5: Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional
3: non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Christopher Bell. I've flipped people off before and every time I've stuck my hand out the side of the car with my finger up, I've DNF. We
0: literally crack open the mics and talk to some of the biggest stories in open wheel racing from past and present. Ryan Newman is
1: in. He either chose to fight or not fight. He never chose to fight with me. (laughs) It's the Rip the
5: Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Chatting with NASCAR Hall of Famer and 12-time Bristol winner,
0: Daryl Waltrip. We mentioned the 12 Bristol wins. Looks like if you look in the rearview mirror, you got somebody closing in on you, and he got his eighth one, talking about Kyle Busch, on Sunday. What do you think about that performance you saw out of uh, young Kyle there on Sunday afternoon?
13: It must be pretty easy to win eight races at Bristol, uh, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I told Jeff Gordon that. I'm kidding with him. I said, I think Rusty got nine. A couple other people got nine. I said, it must be pretty easy to win nine races here. Um, it's never, I don't care what the, I don't know who the, I don't care who's in the field. I don't care what the rules are. I don't care what the situation is. When you win a, a race at Bristol, you've conquered one of the toughest short tracks in the country, maybe in the world. Uh, that place is a man, it's, it's a man killer. It's, it's a half mile. They were running lap times there during the race, uh, much faster than I ever qualified. And uh, so it, it, you run fast speeds, close together, a lot of intensity. Uh, just a, it, It's hard on you physically. It's hard on you mentally. It's hard on you emotionally, and you've got to make a lot of quick decisions. One bad decision, one uh, decision, quick decision, and it goes bad and you're out of the race. So anybody that can win a race, but let alone multiple races at Bristol is a hero of mine. I look, I said this, and I'm going to say it to the day I walk out of the booth, which won't be that long. I'm a Kyle Bush fan. I always have been because I like showmen. I like people that get out there and and they and maybe they wear their emotion on their sleeve, and maybe they say things that after they look at it and think about it, maybe they shouldn't have said. But Kyle Kyle Busch, he gives you those wild moments. You watch him in a race, you watch him a whole race, and you're going to be going, wow, have you ever seen anything like Wow, did you see that? Uh, and I like that. That's the way I raced him. I like those wild moments, and he gives us a lot of them. He's fun to watch, incredibly talented. I, I honestly believe – I've raced against every great race car driver there is, and I honestly believe he's the best I've ever seen. Across the board, every great driver I ever knew, they always said something was a little bit controversial or always did something that might have been a little bit controversial. But the thing that they could do that made that acceptable and, and, and made it okay was they won a lot of races. And they won on Sunday, and they could moan and bicker and crap and say crap all they want to the other six days a week. But they are, when on Sunday came, they got the job done, and that gave them a pass in my book.
0: Well, we're heading off to a track this weekend or you weren't too shabby there either. We're talking about Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Six wins to your credit. And unless things change, I don't see how you can't have Kyle into the mix to win that race as well. What do you think? Well, just look at, I mean, look at the race Sunday. He's got spun out. I dropped, a, you know, I
13: was—I got the honor of, of waving the green flag. And by the way, I wish every race fan could do that at least once. That is the thrill of a lifetime. I've been down there in the car coming to get the green Hand on the shifter, getting ready to go up through the gears and haul off into the first turn with a lot of unknowns. But standing on that flag stand, waving the flag, and all those cars blasting under your feet the way they do, and the flag stand shaking, and dirt and dust and crap flying everywhere, and and it's so noisy you can't—it's it, rattling your brain. I mean, that is an experience of a lifetime. And I, and and so I—I'm up there. I wave the green flag. And I don't even get the green flag out of my hand, and she's handing me the yellow flag. I said, no, 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 you that's your job. You." It. <laughs> and here we are. We already got cars spun out, I think, on the second lap, and Kyle was one of them. And so it took him all day to overcome that, but he overcame, and he won the race. I, I thought Kevin Harvey did an incredible job. At one time, Cindy, he was uh, four laps down, and he kept pecking away, picking away, uh, you know, get on the lead, get a get a lap back here, get a lap back there, and at the end of the day, he was on the lead lap. And I think he finished, I finished 13th, 14th, which was amazing when you consider he had to do a drive to at the very start of the race. So, um, it, 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 it's it, it's 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 Bristol, and it's 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 unusual uh, that the con- circumstances and things that happen to you there. Now we go to Richmond, and and what I love about Richmond. It, it's it's a short track, but it doesn't feel like a short track. Uh, it's it's a little bit bigger than Bristol, a little bit bigger than Martinsville. It's not quite as big as Dover, not quite as, quite as big as some of the mile tracks, but it's kind of right in the middle. And time and time again, every time we go there, the drivers talk about how much they love that track and how it's one of their favorites. And I think it's because it's just fast enough to be thrilling. It takes a lot of skill to get around there, but it's not so fast that you're always – feel like you're in danger of something bad happening. So uh, I think it's the ideal racetrack. I thought it was the ideal racetrack back when Paul Sawyer, and it was a little half mile with a guardrail around it. I love that joint then. But to go and watch the, to race on that track we have there now and to see what they've done to that track and the improvements they've made to the infield, and the things they've done there, 400 laps of perfect distance for that race. Uh, it should be a wild night. I love it at night. Short tracks all should be at night. I love night racing on a half mile. don't like night racing on a super speedway, but I sure do like it on a half mile. So you're going to, if you didn't enjoy Sunday's race, which was an incredible race, I thought a lot of lead changes, different people had a shot at winning that thing. Then I don't know if you will ever like racing, but if you like Sunday, you're going to love Saturday night at Richmond.
0: And we can't wait to get there. The Toyota Owners 400 live on Motor Racing Network. Be sure to tune in Saturday night. Of course, MRN.com for all things NASCAR and Richmond-related this week. We appreciate you sharing some time with us, DW. Congratulations on a successful broadcasting career. We'll look forward to seeing you all the way in the booth through Sonoma. And um, I'm sure Stevie's going to have a little honey-do list for you to catch up on as well, not to mention spending some time with the family.
13: Oh no that honey-do list has been it's been there for a long time uh, And maybe I can maybe I can
0: start checking some of the things off now Coming up Jimmy Johnson talks training for the Boston Marathon and later Richmond previews.
12: For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been a legendary driving force powering many of the best-known trucks on the road. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies, in-components, and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. Jimmy
0: Johnson talks about his training schedule for the Boston Marathon next. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. You
1: hear it every week. Just want to thank the whole team and uh, all our guys back in Denver. Everybody supports this
12: team. They're the unsung heroes of NASCAR, and their life is the pit. This is Rocco Williams, and for 10 years, I've jacked up some of the biggest names in auto racing, and now I'm jacked to bring it all down to street level and acquaint you with the guys behind the wall and back at the shop. Join me on MRN Crew Call, presented by Money Lions every Wednesday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found.
5: Winged Nation, your go-to for Winged Sprint Car Talk news and information. Find all the episodes of Wing Nation on your favorite podcast platforms. Steve Post, Ashley Strammey, and Aaron Evernham. Go in-depth with the race winners and personalities from dirt tracks all across America. Like like winged Nation on Facebook. Follow Wing Nation on Twitter. You'll get stories and information and live broadcasts of Wing Nation shows from some of the top dirt tracks in the nation. Winged Nation, your home for Winged Sprint Cars.
2: is nascar live now back to mike bagley we continue along this week's edition of nascar live so glad you're with us about two
0: months ago in daytona getting ready for the season to start jimmy johnson ran a half marathon and qualified for the boston marathon it's something he's always wanted to do for a number of years and this year the schedule permitted perfectly nascar today's woody kane sat down with jimmy and talked training while still racing.
7: Boston Marathon became uh, really, you know, kind of top of my list when I realized it was on a Monday and it would fit in with my car racing schedule. And the year I realized it was the year of the bombing. And uh, early in the morning, I was like, wow, I can maybe do that next year. And then the day happened and I thought, I, I wanna go back and be a part of whatever happens next year. So as, as the day wore on, I realized that, that Sean Collier, a police officer that was killed in Boston, his brother worked in our engine shop at the time. Um, it just brought it closer to home for us, or for me. And I thought, man,
1: I've, I've got to go running this. The Ironman and the triathlons, I read in the Boston Globe that you once took a wrong turn at one and put an extra two miles on by mistake. What in the world happened? I did,
7: I, I'm not a bad swimmer, so I was early out of the water. Um, one of the first guys on the bike and they told me every intersection would have police officers in it And they would direct you where to go. I mean, it's a 56 mile ride I didn't know the course where I was going I was counting on the police officers and they watched me ride right on through the intersection ride the wrong way and No one said a word and I'm riding along and I it didn't feel right and I looked back and there's a group of guys following me and I thought okay, this must be right I look back again a little while later and there's no one behind me on bicycles. I'm like, oh man, I've gone the wrong way. So I turned around and went back and gave those guys an
1: earful as I came back to the intersection going the other way and, and joined the race. With your schedule, as you mentioned, how difficult is it to get into the training mode for this because you're in different locations all the time, seeing the videos out there. it's It's got to be challenging to fit that in because the ones who do this a lot, it's kind of their whole life.
7: Yeah, I mean, it is it is a challenge. Um, I have to say though, running is the easiest of the three things I'm interested in. You can just bring shoes with you and run right from the bus at the track, really wherever you are. So um, I would say I've probably averaged you know, probably 60 to 80 minutes a day. You know, some days where I run under an hour, some days I need to run long, it's two hours. Um, But when I look at a
1: week, it it really isn't as as challenging as I found trying to get ready for a triathlon. Also in the video, I noticed some of the shots of you like out west training and running. And I got to say, the first thing that jumped into my mind is Forrest Gump. I mean, you're out there in the middle of nowhere by yourself. Did you kind of feel that way? (laughs) I do. And when fans see me run by, they often say, run Forrest, run. So that does come to mind for everybody when when you're doing this i know you've said for a long time with all the biking and swimming and other things that it does help you in the car a lot some people say maybe not maybe so much this or that or the other what do you feel when you've trained like you want versus when you haven't and you're in the race car well first of all anybody that's that's
7: truly fit or has made fitness a lifestyle knows all the added benefits that come with it and i think many of the people that or judgmental don't have that in their life and don't quite understand the uh, the mental acuity that comes with being in shape the accountability of the discipline the work ethic um, you know I, I choose to to get up early and work out so I'm not up till 10 or 11 o'clock at night socializing drinking beers you know like I, I'm, I'm trading other things in that people might find socially acceptable and, and trading that in and, and earning my uh, you know my pain through through fitness and it's it just sharpens the mind the body you build confidence i can take uh what i learn on foot or on a bike take that into the car um, it's one of the few things i've found where you have the same mental space of trying to dial in at a hundred
1: percent that you do in the car um so i i is that like an epiphany did you say one day hey this is kind of the same or did it just kind of gradually come on
7: i've i've known the two are there but when i when i really committed to it a few years back i thought man this is the only place i can mentally challenge myself like you experience in the car. So um, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great escape. Um, you know, I can put my phone away for an hour and not have to worry about all that that goes on. So there, there are many benefits to it. And I know people that, you know, that have a fit you know fit lifestyle or an active lifestyle understand those benefits.
0: That's just a small piece of the interview with Jimmy. You can hear the rest on NASCAR Live Race Day, which begins this Saturday night. At 6.30 p.m. Eastern, Jimmy will be our one-on-one feature. Jimmy Johnson is also our AutoZone Driver of the Week. Seeing your check engine light come on can be seriously frustrating, but the cause isn't always something serious. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you troubleshoot the likely cause, get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up, we'll get some Richmond previews from drivers, and later, Elliot Sadler on his return to the racetrack.
13: This is one of the greatest days of racing.
0: A picturesque
6: setting for a racetrack. One of the best that we go to throughout the course of the year. You know when you come here, you're probably going to see things happen that you will not see any place else.
1: Oh, my goodness! Campgrounds are full, the fans are filing into their seats, and we are just about ready to get things going.
16: Awesome to be here. This place is sold out once again this year. It's going to be an exciting one here
10: today. Plan your weekend at a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race today by visiting nascar.com slash tickets.
2: Victory Junction was young race driver Adam Petty's dream. He worked toward building a camp where children with serious medical conditions could concentrate on fun and not their illness or disease. When he died tragically, his family and friends around NASCAR made sure that dream came true. Today, Victory Junction is a camp that provides fun, life-changing experiences to children dealing with illnesses and disabilities, all at no cost to the camper. Help us serve more children by visiting victoryjunction.org.
0: Oh, we've got drivers talking Richmond when we come back. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
12: When the racing concludes each weekend... Keep up with the non-stop NASCAR news each weekday on NASCAR Today Midday. The
9: drafting type races I've always excelled in, so that's where I see uh, a tremendous advantage.
0: I think it was very important for us to get Martin and to get Cole, um, both of those as as a
9: group, because they're very good at what they do.
12: NASCAR Today Midday, Monday through Friday on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. NASCAR Coast to Coast on MRN.com and Motor Racing Network's Facebook. Join me, Kyle Rickey, and Hannah Newhouse as we talk with the next generation of NASCAR stars and established local and regional racers each Wednesday at 1 Eastern time. Or subscribe, download, and listen on your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast, grassroots NASCAR racing from the Motor Racing Network.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
0: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We've been to a few short tracks this season already, but none like Richmond Raceway. We asked drivers what they're expecting, not only from the track,
12: but with the race being under the lights. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series continues their short track part of the season with the first Richmond race of the year this weekend. Kyle Busch swept both races there a year ago, AND WITH THE STREAK HE'S BEEN ON, THERE'S A STRONG POSSIBILITY IT COULD HAPPEN AGAIN. KYLE'S BROTHER, KURT BUSH, THINKS Richmond IS GOING TO WORK WELL WITH THIS YEAR'S NEW RULES PACKAGE
3: AND DELIVER SOME GREAT RACING. I THINK AT THE, the SHORT TRACKS, THE CENTER, of THE CORNER SPEED IS GOING TO BE UP AND YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE MORE GRIP ON CORNER EXIT BECAUSE OF THE DOWNFORCE. AND SO I'M EXPECTING THE WAY THAT MARTINSVILLE WENT THAT THE CARS ARE GOING TO BE EASIER TO DRIVE AND THEY SHOULD STAY underneath the driver longer at Richmond um, because of the way the tire drop off is at Richmond. Uh, Whereas the concrete tracks like Bristol and Martinsville, the cars don't drop off as much. So Richmond, I think, is going to be a really good indication of uh, or a blast to the past, so to speak, of what we wanted this package to be.
12: Denny Hamlin always looks forward to Richmond, but maybe even more so this year considering they already have two wins so far could put themselves in victory lane. I mean, I love the racetrack. It's just because I've watched so many laps around that track.
9: Uh, it's just a track that I know what I'm looking for when I get there. Uh, certainly, last year was a little tough uh, in the playoff race, not running well, and that you know probably was the spiral that <laughs> ended everything. Um, but, but yeah, it's just a track that I go there confident in. Um, I know exactly what I need. It doesn't mean I always get it, but uh, when it's right, we can really, really be on at that particular racetrack. It's always rewarded my driving style no matter what. And so um, when we hit it there, we we can really, we can really do crazy good things. So uh, like I say, it's probably, it's, it's literally tied with Martinsville with like my favorite racetrack. Uh, simply because it's a track that I believe the driver can really make big differences.
12: With the race being on Saturday night, temperature changes could make a big impact on how the track is handling. Ryan Blaney says he isn't sure how the rules package and the night racing will work together.
9: And we haven't really been to a place like Richmond yet. Um, you know, Phoenix is way different. Martinsville obviously is way different. So R- Richmond will be kind of the first of his kind uh, with this new package. So... Not really sure how it's going to race with the cooler temps and being able to move around maybe a little bit more with these cars and and things like that. So yeah, it's kind of hard to tell right now, but I'm optimistic for it.
12: Bubba Wallace says the night aspect of the race shouldn't matter too much, but has no idea what the racing will be like.
9: You know that that track is probably I could be this could just be my personal opinion, but from day to night, as slick as it gets, it feels like it's the same kind of surface. So like. Usually at nighttime, it's like, okay, this place is going to grip up and be a little faster. and That place gets wore out. Tires get wore out quick. there. the same as it would during the day. You're just kind of 20 degrees cooler inside the car, but you got the same feeling. So that's one good thing about, I guess, about Richmond. We haven't been good there in the past, but I've always loved going there. It's another short track, so we'll see what this package provides. You know, you guys ask us, what do we think about Richmond? We don't freaking know because this package is so bizarre, and you don't know how it's going to handle that is Kyle
0: Ricky. Thank you, Kyle. One of the drivers we just heard, Denny Hamlin, is very good at Richmond. So Woody Kane caught up with his crew chief, Chris Gabehart, to see how they're preparing for a track that meshes so
1: well with his driver. Well, Chris, you guys have gotten off to a really hot start here, multiple wins already, but now you roll into Richmond where your driver is really good. So how do you make a car go fast at Richmond?
16: Yeah, Richmond's a really fun short track. There's a lot of challenges there. There's not a ton of grip. Uh, but it's still really important to roll a lot of speed. It's really fast, racetrack, and a lot of times you'll hear drivers talking about forward bite, but really, forward bite at Richmond is built by a high minimum, minimum speed in the corner. You really got to keep the thing rolling free. So the challenge is to keep the thing turning really, really well, and that's going to make your driver have to fight a loose car. But if you get one tight there, you're really going to be slow. How much of a factor will this new package be there?
1: Have you had to throw all your old notes in the trash pretty much?
16: No, I don't think that's the case. You know, Phoenix was a, was a good benefit for us to kind of get a gauge. You know, the two racetracks do have some similarities. So I don't think you throw all your old notes away, but uh, it's definitely going to pr- provide some different aero challenges with the new package.
1: When you go to a place where your driver has been really good, how do you balance trusting what he needs to feel versus what the data is telling you versus what you think should happen?
16: Yeah, fortunately, that's something that we, you know, Denny and I working new together and with the engineers here and the whole team, it definitely takes some time to get to get on the same page and the same wavelength. But Denny and I's backgrounds are both short tracks. We both know what it takes to run well at short tracks from different disciplines in the past. So we have a lot of faith and trust in each other when we come to these places. And so far, it's been going really well it seems like it's building because at texas he said you were really confident and he said oh no you're just full of crap you
1: don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's got to be a, a real challenge to work through though doesn't it
16: yeah for sure i mean you got to gain each other's trust and uh you know it's easy for us to say we got winning race cars and then go out there and flop you know you put yourself in a vulnerable position there but you know no i believe in this race team and what we're doing i believe in Denny hamlin and you know i'm going to shoot him straight when i think we're struggling we're struggling when i think we're good we're good and over time when we can build that trust in one another it'll just make us stronger
1: a lot of people say charlotte for example is very different night versus day how about richmond on that on that range of of tracks that change a bunch night versus day
16: definitely very different uh no doubt about it the amount of rubber that gets laid down and and throughout the course of the run moving around trying to find fresher pavement uh all of those things are nuances that makes richmond a really exciting racetrack and finally is there any truth to, or is it
1: overblown, the notion that when you guys win a race or multiple races, then you can start experimenting
16: and get everything ready for the playoffs? Is that overblown a little bit? You think? Yeah, it is way overblown. I think. I think what you got to realize that the, the teams that are making trying to make it to Homestead, and we're one of them. It's all about playoff points. Those playoff points are insurance, and there's nothing more valuable than those. And our pit call to end stage two at Texas where we took fuel only, that was 100% stage point based and and playoff point based. So the 11 car is going for nothing but playoff points. We're not in cruise control mode.
0: Thanks, Woody. Coming up, Elliot Sadler talks about coming back to the NASCAR XFINITY Series, and later we've got NASCAR history.
10: At AutoZone, we're all about giving you more ways to get more done. Like the AutoZone Rewards Program. Members get more, like a $20 reward every time they spend $20 or more five times. Got more to do? We've got more for you to do it. Looking to protect your engine? Regular oil and oil filter changes is the best way to keep your engine running strong and running long. And if you're looking to do the job yourself, AutoZone can help. Let us help you at more than 5,600 locations nationwide. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get
4: in the zone. AutoZone.
12: Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff.
11: Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You need music to get pumped? Hit it! Drum solo! Ow, that hurts my fingers.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
12: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, both of all agents.
0: Here's our broadcast schedule for this weekend's activities at Richmond Raceway. Our coverage will begin Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. We're going to cover NASCAR Xfinity Series practice for the Toyota CARE 250. We'll also have Cup Series practice at 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, respectively. You can catch that at MRN.com. Be sure to tune in for poll qualifying for the Toyota Owners 400 at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. And we're back with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Toyota CARE 250, Friday night, 6.30 pm in the east. And then of course, first night race of the year for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, the Toyota Owners 400 takes to the air at 6:30 pm eastern. When we come back, Elliot Sadler joins us ahead of his return to the NASCAR Xfinity Series. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
5: Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there, whether you're running on dirt or running a job hard dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength.
0: Hi, folks, Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics.
2: Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway.
0: Racing Electronics' scanners and headphones, we can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. You
16: want the championship, baby? Yeah!
0: And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, we use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of
5: MRN.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR
0: Live. As we mentioned, Elliot Sadler is coming back to the racetrack this weekend. If you recall, he announced he was stepping away from full-time racing at the end of last year, but said if the right opportunity came along, he'd be back. Well, he's back, and he's making his return this weekend in the Toyota CARE 250 at Richmond. Steve Post talked with Elliot to see what he's been up to since
15: Homestead, and why you chose to come back joining us here on the program is Elliot Sadler who is making his return to the driver's seat at Richmond International Raceway good evening Elliot yes sir
6: good evening there postman how are you
15: I am well what is your sense of excitement that you are getting ready to climb down in behind the wheel of a race car I, I hate to say this but I'm nervous <laughs> yeah
6: <laughs> I'm excited but nervous man i I, I want to do a good job I'm with a you know a new team with colleague racing and Got a new sponsor with Nutrient Ag, and it's their first time in the sport, and Ross Chastain gave him such a good ride at Daytona, man. I, I got some pretty big uh, shoes to fill.
15: Pressure is on, that's for sure. Elliot, when you stepped away from the sport, you, you didn't say this is the end-all, be-all. You said if the right opportunity comes up, you may see me again. What makes this the right opportunity?
6: You got someone like Ross Chastain coming along who I think got a bright future in this sport, he just he needs a break. and needs a good break. He has a lot of talent. I think me getting in the car, being a voice and a, and a face of a, a brand-new sponsor that's new to NASCAR, new to the Xfinity Series with Nutrient Ag Solutions, that I think me being a part of that gave him an opportunity to, to get to run a couple races as well. And it's kind of like a passing of the torch from uh, me to him. Uh, helps him and, and, and it'll give him a platform to race on and so i just kind of wanted to repay the favor and, and it just seemed like the right opportunity to do that and uh also gave me an opportunity to race a couple more races
15: talk about going to richmond of course the uh, home racetrack we were there in the fall and i know they had quite the presentation they had your family part of the command and everything else what do you think it's going to be like going back there now
6: Well, I tell you, when I went there in the fall and and, and my kids got to do their dad, drive, you know, start your engines, and I actually saw a video of that the other day, and, man, I almost brought, you know, tears to my eyes again. It was such a special moment for me. But for for Nutrient Ag Solutions to give me this opportunity to race again at home, uh, it's a special night for me. You know, last year was all the bells and whistles that went with it. This year we're just going to show up and race, and my family's coming along to – to watch and enjoy it. And it's kind of like the, the icing on the cake. We, we didn't know at the time this day was coming at this particular racetrack. Um, uh, so this is kind of the icing on the cake. We get to do it again and, and enjoy the moment, not under pressure. We're not trying to make the playoffs or be a part of the playoff scene. We're just going to uh, do, do the best we can and have a chance to grab the checkered flag.
15: Away from the racetrack, what you been doing? What's been, what's been going on since you left Homestead when we last saw you?
6: Well, I'm twice as busy now that, that I've ever been. In, involved in a travel ball organization called Top Hand Sports here in Emporia. And we have about 230 kids in the program now. We do baseball and softball and gymnastics and boxing and cheerleading. Getting ready to start volleyball and working on basketball and we have a couple after school programs and we're trying to give opportunities to kids that we don't want to slip through the cracks uh, of our community and our society and
15: Well not only are you coach Elliot, but your dad Elliot too. And I know you wrestled over the last few years of your career with Saturday ball games when you're at a racetrack and you're 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 facetiming or you're doing whatever to follow along. What's what's this been like for Dad, Elliot?
6: Last year it really hit me. Last year when uh, both of my kids made their all-star teams and they both both their teams actually made it to the state to play for the state championship, and I had to miss both of them because we were you know because we were racing and yep. and most of all your tournaments are on the weekends and it really tore me up that. Yes, I was at the racetrack, but my heart was back at home with my kids uh, wanting to watch them play in these, you know, high-profile Virginia State tournaments to, to make it to the World Series. And I really felt like I was letting them down, not being there and supporting them, you know, and their friends and, and the whole team. And then I really knew it then that, hey, you know, I, I I really want to be at home, be more involved, you know, be the dad, be the fan and, and watched them follow their dreams.
15: What was February like, though, when all the rest of your buddies, your pals, everyone you've hung out with is headed to Daytona? What was that like for you?
6: Now, it was weird. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it was weird not training and preparing as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was really worried about how I was going to make it through Daytona. It was fun to watch the racing on TV. It was great racing, uh, yeah, especially for the 500. There was so much going on. Yeah um but I, I was i was satisfied and, and happy to be at home as a fan
15: elliot always appreciate the visits look forward to seeing you at richmond
0: all right thank you guys thank Steve. thank you posty coming up we travel through the years with a history lesson and here a tease of the latest podcast on mrn.com it's all coming up in our AutoZone commercial free zone seeing your check engine light come on can be seriously frustrating but the cause isn't always something serious the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you troubleshoot the likely cause. Get in the zone, AutoZone.
5: He is the envy of the racing world. I assumed that Ryan, Bubba, and Chase were all busy, and I was the next in the (laughs) pecking order. She goes way back. When did you meet? 7th grade, Uh, 6th grade? No, ninth grade. That was a minute ago. And
14: he just wants to be friends. Are we friends?
2: No. It's the Sunday Money Podcast. Join Corey LaJoy, Daryl Mott, and Lauren Fox as they detail what it's like to live the racing lifestyle both on and off the track. Download and subscribe to Sunday Money on iTunes, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. It's butts and nuts jammed in there. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike
5: Bagley.
0: We are getting ready to head to the house for this week's NASCAR Live. By the way, don't forget, friends, the next time you're at MRN.com, check out the latest podcast series called MRN Presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking. This week's show is about NASCAR's top drivers that made their start in the Gander Outdoors Truck
14: Series. Greg Biffle comes off the corner by an advantage of maybe three truck lengths. I came in in 98, trucks going good, 99, 2,000 Kurt steps in. And we're able to
12: hand Kurt. Kurt was the same greenhorn, didn't know anything wild as Marge hair. We were able to hand Kurt trucks and setups that were lock, stock and barrel. Kurt Busch one final time, down the back straightaway. Kurt Busch has got it. It was
3: nuts. It. Uh, literally, I was there for six months and I won that race in Milwaukee, and won the next race at New Hampshire. Uh, we were running good, but uh, Bobby Hamilton Sr. had a flat tire, and we got the win. So I won two in a row, and Jack. Roush literally came to the shop in the Michigan and said, we're going cup racing. Historic
12: night for Kyle Busch as he comes off of turn number four.
3: So back when I was 16, I got my start in the truck series. I was able to make a few races early on and ran pretty well. A couple top tens and had a shot to win my second race out at Chicago. Motor Speedway, that was a Cicero track, different than the one that we raced on today, and um, just remember being oh
9: so close, and then being at California Speedway, being the fastest guy there, and then getting sat out for the next two years, not being able to go back and run the truck series.
14: Harvick's won here in the Cup Series, in the Nationwide Series, and today he wins here in a truck.
9: Uh, we started the truck team uh, to win a race, and were able to accomplish that, and had no other intentions other than to race the truck every once in a while myself. And Toyota came along to start their their tenure in in NASCAR to uh, uh, start in a truck series. And and General Motors decided that they wanted to have a defensive play and and put more trucks on the racetrack to try to keep Toyota from winning as many races as they could.
0: That's all from this week's podcast series. MRN presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking. You can download that show as well as the first seven episodes for free at MRN.com and on iTunes. Before we wrap up the show, let's turn back the clock for this week in NASCAR history with our Susie Armstrong.
11: Mike, on this second week of April 1972, the band America sweeps its namesake with the number one hit, A Horse With No Name. Hawaii Five-O Hangs Ten is the top-rated show on CBS, while Sanford & Son's Spicy Humor collects new fans on NBC. THE GODFATHER GAVE MOVIEGOERS AN OFFER THEY COULDN'T REFUSE. AND NASCAR FANS REFUSED TO MISS THE ACTION AT BRISTOL MOTOR SPEEDWAY WHERE BOBBY ALLISON SAID FORGET ABOUT IT, WINNING BY FOUR LAPS IN THE SOUTHEASTERN 500. April 1995. Dionne Ferris turned up the wick on her career with the sizzling number one single, I Know. New York City smothered smoking in restaurants while the NFL fanned a flame or two, approving the Los Angeles Rams' move to St. Louis. And Dale Earnhardt beat the heat in the foothills of North Carolina to win the first Union 400 at North Wilkesboro Speedway.
14: Dale Earnhardt out of turn number four, comes down and takes the white flag. This victory looks like it's going to be an easy one, but I'm sure Earnhardt will have other thoughts.
2: He's over in turn number two, working behind some of that lap traffic and heading for three.
1: Earnhardt eases up off
6: turn
2: number two, takes it down the back straightaway for the final time. Again, there's a lot of traffic ahead. He won't have to deal with them. He's on his way off turn four for the last time. First, it was consistency. Today,
1: it was domination. Dale Earnhardt for the 64th time in his career has won a NASCAR Winston Cup race. He'll pad his lead to top the Winston Cup standings in his
12: chase for championship number eight.
11: We wrap up in Y2K. George Strait was still pumping out the hits, climbing the country charts with the best day. Nintendo cranked out its 100 millionth Game Boy. CBS primed the reality TV craze, launching a search for 10 people to star in their new show, Big Brother. And Mark Martin showed him he could still get her done, leading the final 64 laps to win the Goody's Body Pain 500 at Martinsville Speedway. His final victory with the famed Valvoline Colors on the number six four white
14: flag for leader
11: mark is martin as they go to one
6: mark martin works his way into the corner five car links his lead over teammate jeff burton further back the scramble for third continues with michael waltrip trying to hang on to it and doing a good job keeping jeff gordon behind him
12: mark martin will lead only the final 64 laps but he's going to get the win at Martinsville today,
11: checkered flag Mark Martin takes the goodies Body Pain 500. And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history.
0: Thank you, Susie. This AutoZone commercial free zone has been brought to you by AutoZone. Seeing your check engine light come on can be seriously frustrating, but the cause isn't always something serious. The free AutoZone Fix Minder service can help you troubleshoot the likely cause. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We'd like to thank Daryl Waltrip for joining us on our show today, also Jimmy Johnson. Elliot Sadler, and Denny Hamlin's crew chief, Chris Gabehart. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse and by Hercules Tires right on our string today's broadcast was produced by alexa henryon tyler burnett and rich cobrin the executive producer for mrn is ryan horn remember to visit mrn.com to get all of the latest nascar news and information nascar live is produced under an exclusive license with nascar any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of nascar and the motor racing network